everybody and welcome to episode 22 of the Shiny Bees podcast, Red Alert. Today is Tuesday the 21st of October and coming up in the show we've got Out and About at Yarn Day, the Whipping Piccadilly section, the announcement of a new section we'll be introducing and an interview with Jess of Ginger Studios in Edinburgh. Hello, hello. Welcome back into the show. It's been a long time since I last spoke to you. A warm welcome to any new listeners that we may have joined us today on the show. Great to have you with us. And as always, a lovely squishy cuddle for any returning listeners that have come back to join in the madness again. I really do appreciate your support and that you're listening in. It is lovely, as I said, to be back again. I'm in my little house in a somewhat windy and breezy Elgin. If there are any kind of creaking noises, it is entirely possible I could be being whisked off in a hurricane to Kansas, hopefully to land on some witch or another. And if you've been following me on Instagram today, you'll notice that the um, the kids' Wendy house has had a somewhat of an accident in both parts of, of the unremovable when you move in house roof blew off so it's a little bit open plan for them in there at the moment not that I've let them out in it today um we went out to a group in Elgin to kind of uh let them blow off some energy because they couldn't play in the garden and when we got outside poor little Sanimal got completely blown over like a little tumbleweed um he is a little bit top heavy his his head is quite large <laughs> or i think it's quite large nobody else seems to think it's quite large or they're trying to pretend to be nice and uh he's got quite skinny legs and he just yeah gust of wind boop straight over on his face he loved it <laughs> not as much as i did i was kind of crying laughing picking him up pretending not to laugh at him because he knows and he gets quite angry but there you go but yeah it's lovely to be back chatting to you again as i say how have you all been are you enjoying this move towards more wintry weather? Getting your Christmas knitting out? Planning your gift knitting? Planning your Christmas list for your loved ones to get for you so they don't buy you anything crazy? It is it's October, isn't it? I've kind of missed all of it. There was a big plan for a kind of October celebration because I'm a big fan of socks and it all kind of fell a little bit by the wayside. For, for good reason as well, to be honest with you. Um, it has been a little bit crazy up here. And again, some of you will will already know that we ended up spending the first week of the month pretty much in the local hospital with a little animal who, it, it was a bit crazy. I put a bit of a plea on Twitter uh, to ask for help with teething remedies because it was my opinion that he, he was just teething, he was getting his back teeth, and it was all a little bit dramatic, and he'd been screaming for two days non-stop. Uh, this is the child that never cries, by the way. And he'd not slept for two days, and this is the child that has the nickname Sir Napsalot, because that's all he does. In fact, I'm convinced the reason why it took him till he was nearly 18 months old to walk is because he was asleep when all the other children were practising to walk, which is why it took him so much longer than everyone else. Um. And he hadn't been asleep, so I asked for some help, and and Julie got some some suggestions. And to be honest, by that afternoon, I was kind of convinced that actually maybe I ought to take him to the doctors because he had been screaming for two days. And in fact, all of the painkillers and things I was trying were not working, and he was drooling somewhat in the manner of a kind of rabid dog. 
Um, possibly not with the froth, but he was drooling an awful lot. So I took him to the, the, the GP after a little bit of a kind of conversation with the receptionist. What is it with GPs receptionists? Why did they feel the need in the massively, I've spent seven years at medical school qualification to, to quiz you and then decide to triage you based on the answer to that? Um, so she got a little bit of a debrief, bless her, to, along the lines of, I don't know, I'm not a doctor. That's why I'm ringing you. Um, so, yeah, I, I was a, I, I slept for two days. I was a little bit shouty. But um, I took him along to see the very nice GP. And uh, bless her, she, she wanted to have a look in his mouth. And he got really angry. And when he gets really angry, he goes really quiet in that way that children, when they fell and banged their head really hard and you just wait for that big pause before they make a really big noise. Well, he does that a lot, but he holds his breath when he gets angry. And he went a little bit blue, which worried her a little bit, I could t- I could tell. And uh, she promptly rang the paediatric ward and sent me off to the hospital, which was not in my plan for the week, let me tell you, when my husband was on leave and we're all going to do like family stuff and catch up with work and all of that good kind of thing that you have planned. And, yeah, we ended up getting admitted and staying in for two days. And they thought he had, like, bad tonsillitis. So they took some blood and they cannulated him, which was really traumatic because I hate needles. And we stayed in sort of overnight, got no sleep again because he was kicking off. Because he was quite, he was in quite a bit of pain, bless him. And he'd lost his voice by this point due to the constant kicking off. And we stayed in for two days and sampled the delights of Dr. Grace Hospital um, before coming home kind of halfway through the week, a little bit relieved. He ended up needing any parasy, uh, any um, antibiotics or anything. It's all cool. And we've been home about three hours and he seemed quite fine. Until the doctor rang us and said, yeah, can you bring him back in? We'd like to give him IV antibiotics. Um, he's got a heart murmur and uh, there's some bacteria in his blood. So we need to kind of get him on these drugs right away. Because it could be this thing called Lamier's disease, which is really nasty. So we took him back in and he got on three different kinds of IV antibiotics and yeah, it took five goes to cannulate him. He was like a little pincushion and two days later the, the second lot of test results came back and said actually um, it's not the really bad bacteria, it's just this other bad bacteria, this other bacteria called Pasteurella canis which can only come from dogs. And we do have dogs as you know, they're under the table right now and uh, they may chip in from time to time depending on how they're feeling tonight and... We ended up um, putting him on oral antibiotics and then finally taking him home on the Friday. And the basic premise was he had a heart murmur and he had swollen kind of tonsils and um, this result, you know, this blood result. So they were worried um, about he might have endocarditis and stuff like that. So we had to take him over to Aberdeen to have a heart scan, at which point, you know, he flirted like nobody's business with the sonographer lady. Well, sonographer, not sonographer. Was it a sonographer? Yeah, it was ultrasound. I guess it's a sonographer. And um, at which point I knew he was absolutely fine because he, he's, he's terrible. You take him to, I, I don't take him shopping anymore because all the stuff is, is defrosted by the time I get home because he's pulled so many old ladies. He pulls at least three times on a trip round Asda. It's ridiculous. And he was even told off by the cardiologist for being so flirty with his um, sonographer. <laughs> and it turned out it was completely normal heart murmur. 80% of children have them, completely non-related. And on the way home, they rang up and said, actually, the first blood result got um, got uh, contaminated. He's never had this bacteria in his blood. 
Um, sorry, type thing. It was probably from a dog lick on his hand when we cannulated him the first time round. So we spent the entire week in hospital, drama, screaming, you know, trying to keep a child with a cannula in his foot, a 20-month-old with a cannula in his foot, can you keep him still so he doesn't come out? Yeah, like, like he can keep a box of frogs still. So that was um, traumatic. And So we started taking him out for walks in the pram to keep him quiet. And he lost his favourite teddy, which still hasn't returned, despite an extensive campaign on Twitter and Facebook, appealing for the return of his rhinoceros. It hasn't returned. And we got him a new one, and he took one look at it, and squished it, and felt its ears, and just threw it, launched it across the room as an imposter. So, it was pretty crazy, to be honest. So, that is where I've been. Not that I'm one for giving you eight minutes of excuse about where I've been, but that's the kind of background to it. He's completely fine now, as you will have seen um, again on Instagram. I've shown, showed a few pictures so people don't need to worry about him. He's completely fine. He's flirting with all the grannies again, running around, laughing his head off, talking a lot as well. Um, so, yeah, he's good. But that has obviously meant, you know, trying to keep a toddler still in a very small room when he's got cabin fever and you've not slept and have cabin fever as well is pretty bad for the knitting coefficient. So although I took my knitting with me, it just kind of sat there. I didn't get a chance to really get it out. Um, so yeah, that's where, that's mostly where I've been. I also got to go out for a little visit to Johnston's Cashmere Mill last weekend, I think it was. For the end of Wool Week, there was a little kind of family's day on and I went there. Um, I will probably do a review whilst I'm recording at a later time because I want to go on the proper um, mill tour that they do, but it's only during the week. But I knew they were going to have some merino sheep there, so I thought I would take the beast along to see what she thinks. And it's got a nice cafe, so we'll go and have some sneaky cake afterwards. And uh, we met two of the merino sheep that um, their wool is used in, cash in Johnson's products. One of which was called Mr. Net, and the other of which was called... Wool I am, which I just think that's it. My life's complete. Um, I'm just yeah, awesome. And the 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 farmers, I said, I was like, pardon, sorry. What did you say his name was? And he was like, yeah, Wool I am. You can tell one of the girls in the cafe named him. I was just that's the best sheep name I've ever heard. So that was quite interesting as well. But like I said, I'll I'll talk about that at some point in the future once I've had a chance to go and do that the proper tour. Because it looks like it's um, quite involved and quite interesting. In other news, again, I have had, a, other than my stay in hospital, I have had a bit of a reduction in my free time recently. Due to an accidental casting in a local production, for which I volunteered to alter costumes to meet, to meet new people in my new area, I thought, I'll, you know, it's, you know, community theatre would be quite a good laugh. I'll alter some costumes um, with my spunky sewing machine. It'll be quite fun. You know, this is like they need some help. Everyone's moving away and a lot of people are changing over. So I, I, I can do that. That'll be good. So I volunteered to help with that. Unbeknown to me, they had had a bit of a recruitment crisis in the pantomime front. And I was swiftly drafted in. Not to be one of the chorus or to throw tomatoes at someone or to have one line, which was kind of like my agreement was, oh, I'll, I can do something like, like the, you know, like maybe one line or something. If you really stuck Dick Whittington and his cat, I'm the cat. 
the long and short of it is. So I only have one line and that is meow, but I'm in pretty much every scene. So that now means I'm practicing three nights a week for the community pantomime. So if you're writing about in Elgin around the middle of December and would like to come and see me in a skin tight lycra silver onesie pretending to be a cat, please get in touch and I can arrange for some tickets for you. So other than that, I think it's time to get on to the nitty stuff. So we'll move on to the next section. Did I tell you in the last section that I really don't actually like cats? It's very difficult to play a cat when you just don't agree with any of their ethics whatsoever. I've been told off because apparently my cat is too dog-like. Well, there's a strange one. Anyway, on to the out and about section. As you will be aware, Yarndale took place last month at the Skipton Auction Mart. It was the second year of the festival and I got to go along. And there was a big contingent from Edinburgh travelling down on the train as part of a day trip that in no way was enabled at all by Claire Devine of Yarn and Pointy Sticks Designs, who basically got on Twitter and told everyone the train tickets were like 20 odd quid and you should get in there now and and buy one, which of course we all did. Um, For the kind of 0615 train from Edinburgh down to Skipton, which we all got on in the morning. There was a very organised knit group Edinburgh sort of contingent which um brought a load of pastries and books fears and things which i didn't partake in uh, at that time in the morning i was not i was not feeling on 100 percent with it to, i'm not gonna lie to you and um off we went or off we tried to go because the train was a little bit broken and so we sat there for kind of 20 minutes and shona one of the girls said you know what they really must just turn this off and turn it back on again so about 10 minutes afterwards, when we were already late and we'd already missed the kind of connecting train, they decided to do just that. And funny old thing, uh, that, that solved the fault. So off off we went down to Carlisle. This resulted in a bit of a long wait in Carlisle for the next train because the one we were meant to be getting on that was kind of being intercepted by, well, the, all, all the people from Glasgow were going to be on that train as well and meet, them up, meet up with them on that side of the country. They all went off, including Louise Scully of the Knit British podcast that we were meeting up with. They're off they went and we were left in Carlisle and there isn't a lot to do in Carlisle uh, half eight on a Saturday morning. I'm not going to lie to you. So I, I decided that I wasn't going to go and look around the castle, which turned out not to be open anyway, and I wasn't going to sit in the train waiting room. I was going to go to... Marks and Spencer's and get me some nice posh kind of charcuterie meats for my lunch. Because <laughs> I'm that rock and roll. So we did that and uh, made it back to the train with our charcuteries and off we went, arriving into Skipton quite a bit later than what we'd originally anticipated. This year I got on the little red bus to go up to the auction mart, which takes the exact same amount of time as it does to walk through the park. Um, I know this because on the way home I walked through the park and got there at the same time as the bus even though the bus was kind of driving off as I left and uh, immediately hooked up with uh, Louise Knit British and off we went the first stop I think was Tin Can Knits which was being manned by um, Emily and her lovely family including the criminally cute Baby Max more on them later 
to drop off some samples and things and then we went straight over to Eden Cottage to pet the new alpaca range and all of the chunky alpaca was at the front of the store ready to kind of shove your face into it was amazing I was actually sent some of this um this yarn and I seriously considered just putting googly eyes on it and in fact it was the yeah the Maya chunky um alpaca I was just gonna put googly eyes on it and keep it as a pet give it a name um, but I've, I've kicked it up, it's in my little uh, knitting box looking at me right now. It's going to become a nice cosy hat for my dog walking on the beach here. So we had a look at that and had a look at all the colourways of the new mill dyed range. Had a bit of a chat to Victoria and David before um, splitting off to go and look around some other stuff. And because it was quite late, immediately kind of after that, it was like lunchtime. And I had arranged to meet up with the lovely Linda Rose. Uh, 287 on Ravelry, Linda and her mum outside for a little kind of, I was going to eat my lunch with them but I got hungry on the train and ate my charcuterie and all of, of my olives um, on the train <laughs> before I got there. But luckily for me, being northern, Linda's mum had brought me a packet of mini Jaffa cakes to have with them, I was dead pleased. So I sat outside with on, listened to the um, brass band with them, spotted little baby Max again outside with his daddy and uh, and had a good chat to them before meeting up again with uh, Jess and Claire to check out the stuff at Laxton's who are a spinning mill in Yorkshire and had a kind of smoosh at their, their yarns they had some really nice stuff actually some quite interesting bases and Jess was wearing the most amazing sort of tully underskirt to her effortlessly glamorous as usual um, 19 kind of 40s 50s tea dress that she was wearing and it was quite funny walking around with her because literally like loads of men would just kind of stare at her and go up like wow look at her and I don't blame them really because she's got obviously this curly red hair and then she was looking dead glam with this underskirt on and everything it was amazing and uh, we also met up with uh, Louise Riley who is Louise Pants on Ravelry and she and I went on a little yarn bowl shopping mission to get her mum a yarn bowl and went and saw lovely George of Yarn Garden, who was in the kind of towards the back of the arena in, in one of the corners, right next to the kind of the open air, which was good. And had a good natter to him. And then before we knew it, it was time for the podcast to meet up, which was attended by Cece of the Geeky Girls, who kind of took charge of arranging that. There was Louise Knit British, as I mentioned. I also bumped into Nick from Yarns from the Plane. Amy of Knit Spin Cake, who was manning the store with her mum with their project bags, as they did last year. There was a young gentleman who does a video podcast, and the name of it has completely eluded me. I didn't get to chat to him very much because I was too busy stuffing my face with strawberries that I had left over from my little charcuterie. <laughs> Marks and Spencer's trip, they're getting a bit skanky by this point because I dropped stuff on top of them. Um, but I was too busy eating them and uh, petting some really kind of nice hand-dyed yarns that Nick from Yarns from the Plain had brought with her for us all to have a look at that she dyed herself under her new brand that she's going into um, as Yarns from the Plain so that was very exciting. I met some lovely listeners, some of whom I've met before, some of whom I feel like I know really well but I've never met in real life. So there was, in no particular order, and if I do miss anyone else, please, I, I, please forgive me because I was completely maxed by this point in the day. 
there was uh, Hannah and her husband uh, Nigel who I've met Hannah before but never met Nigel and uh, he was really good actually he was a really good husband like going around probably getting into it feeling yarn and everything I was dead impressed and Isla and Shelley who were part of the Lush Knit Along and we did a big Lush picture everyone had their Lushies on apart from me well I had mine on but I still had the needles in because I hadn't finished it I was trying to do the button band on the way down it was, yeah it didn't go it, well it's, it's gone better I finished it when I got home so that tells you how much I managed to get done Um, and I think Louise Knit British has that so I'll see if I can get a copy of it so you can have a little look but that was cool that's very interesting. And then I had literally had time to quickly nip to blacker yarns um, and pick up some um, yarn for a review, which I will do in the next episode. It's very exciting. And that that was it. It it yeah, it was it went really quickly. Fortunately, I didn't get a chance this time to um, hang out behind the bins with Amy and Nick um, but I did buy a couple of things that I will share with you and in no, again, no particular order I got another set of 10 buttons for my Lush cardigan hoping that I would finish it but I didn't from Incomparable Buttons which are a South African button company that makes handmade buttons it's a fair trade company and provides um, employment opportunities for ladies from disadvantaged areas um, they make some beautiful buttons and these are imported into the UK by Injabula who had a stand so I went there and got some of those I also went along to see the lovely Anne Kingston um, because I wanted a copy of her Stranded Knits book which is a fair isle book and there's a lot of teaching um, resources in that it's really really good and I'd promised myself a copy of this, so I went along to get one from her. But what really confused me is that Anne's got a twin sister, and they were actually wearing the opposite clothes to last year. So last time she had um, William on, which is her cardigan that has the little bunny rabbits wearing the yoke. And her sister had a different one on, and this year it was the other way around. So I was talking to her sister, and you could tell that she sort of knew that she should know who I was but but she didn't and then Anne turned around and I was like I'm really sorry <laughs> I'm completely confused hi Anne how are you because I've met Anne before but not her sister hence why her sister was like hi yes and it probably happens all the time to be honest but probably not from people as random as I am and um, we had a good chat and we will be doing a Malone knit along Ma Nick from Yarns on the Plane and myself because she bought the yarn for this last year you'll remember the fibre spurts yarn and I've bought the yarn since it wasn't fibre spurts it was nurturing fibres but we both have the yarn for this so we decided we're going to do a little knit along that will start in January so you'll hear about that over the next couple of months I went along to Tilly Flop Designs and bought two greetings cards from there they had some really nice prints and once they come in a grey I'm going to get one of, of the prints in grey to go in my um, clearly we've not given them enough attention or I'm boring him um, to go in my office upstairs and I also got a project bag from Daisy Bunbury Designs and it has uh, little bunny rabbits on it riding a moped with some balloons it's amazing and um, so I got one of those and finally I got a copy of Handmade in the UK by Tin Can Knits this is the pattern book in which Lush comes along with Bonnie and a couple of other of their big patterns. 
I'd already bought a copy of it to do the Lush Knit Along, but my friend Kate, the one with the monkey socks, or not the monkey socks, uh, more on that later, um, she decided she was going to knit one after seeing all of ours. And I said, well, um, I will get, get you this for Christmas instead, because she's always really hard to buy for. Because um, she's already got loads of stuff. So I was like, don't, you know, don't get it, I'll get this for you. And I thought, she won't know, and I'll get it signed for and everything. So I went about three or four times during the day, but it was always really busy um, with loads of people there. And Emily was signing books and baby Max was there and her husband was there and her mum, I think, was there as well. I think it was her mum. And yeah, it was really busy. So literally quarter to five, I'm leaving at ten to five to go back through the park to get the train. I run along there and poor old baby Max is starving and he's about to get some milk and and she just kind of spirited him away and I said oh I really want a signed one t to her husband I said can I order one and I can pick it up from Ginger Twist Studios or you know I don't want to interrupt him because you know he's, he's been a long day and everything and he's getting his food and her mum's like don't worry about it it'll be fine so she went over and and she blessed her she signed it while she was still feeding him and everything and I was just totally like respect you're still doing the whole business lady mum you know everything and I didn't stay to chat too long because I didn't want to interrupt her but that baby is seriously cute if you see him out and about he's got like a massive kind of shock of dark hair that's usually standing on end and he's wearing impossibly cute knitwear as well so um that, that I was I was quite impressed by that it was quite funny so yeah, that was all I bought. And you'll notice from that list of stuff, there was no yarn in it. I bought no yarn. I know. I think I'm turning over a new leaf. Either that or I'm quickly realising that the walk-in closet in our spare bedroom is getting quite full. So, thoughts then from this year on Yarndale. It was a lot less crushed than last year. They'd spread the stalls out a lot and they'd also got rid of the bacon butty van right in the middle of the arena, um, which I think made a big difference. That was off to one side. It made it feel a lot more airy and a bit less crushed. I don't know if there were less people or whether it's because it was more spread out. Um, but I also thought there were too many stalls. I didn't get round to see half the people I wanted to see because there were just so many things to go and look at. And I also thought that it could have benefited from a bit more variety. Having, I know it is a, a fibre festival, um, but there was a lot of the same sort of things. And sometimes it's nice to see things that are a little bit different at these shows, especially when you go to a lot of them. Um, so yeah, definitely worth a kind of trip over. If, if you want to get your yarn for the year, then you'll definitely get it there. But if you, I think if you're looking for something that's a, a little bit different and a little bit out there, you're not going to find a lot there there are some things that are a little bit different but not not as many as I think they could do with for a show that size basically not that I'm running it but if I was that's what I'd do so anyway without further ado it will be on next year they've already released um, the dates and I'll probably be there again but now we should move on to Whipping Piccadilly <laughs> So, we're in Piccadilly section. Not a lot in it. As Sorry, the dog's kind of scratching himself there. Uh, not a lot in it, as you'd imagine, because I've already told you I've not done much knitting. But we'll crack on with it anyway. Um, the two main things that I have been knitting on is, number one, the Lush Cardigan. 
that was part of the lush knit along. This is finished now. It was knitted in black as swan and the buttons were from Incomparable Buttons as I mentioned. Do you not like the buttons Womble? Right, okay. Doesn't like the buttons. Um, which I managed to finish after getting back from Yarndale and I've also added to this a grow grain, grows grain, grow grain um, strip on the back of the where the buttons are sewn on. I followed a tutorial that was done by the Knitmore girls and this basically involves sewing on a ribbon or a grow grain ribbon is a special kind of ribbon to strengthen the back of the way you sew on the buttons and then I also added on some little smaller buttons, little plastic ones um, onto the back of the main buttons because the main buttons are ceramic and they're quite heavy and the blackest one is very very squishy merino, it's very soft um, so there's no way it would really hold the weight of that. What I am going to do and I haven't had a chance to yet is um, do the same on the other side for the buttonholes and actually do a grow grain on the other side and, and then do the buttonholes on my machine and tack it on so that it stabilises the other side as well. Um, because what I found from the blackest one is it is very, very soft and it's bloomed loads when I've blocked it and it's lovely, it's so warm and it's so soft but it's also relaxed quite a lot and I think I probably didn't give myself enough credit when I picked the measurements for it and I'm clearly not as much of a kind of heifer as I thought I was so it was already a little bit too big on the sizing before the yarn has relaxed and as a result it's quite it's actually adding bulk now because it isn't it doesn't I didn't take it in far enough essentially um my measurements my, my waist measurement is considerably smaller than my chest and hips so the pattern only goes down two and a half inches and I needed to go down mm -hmm. About six and a half, so my lesson has been that I need to kind of trust the pattern, which Louise Knit British did say, you must trust the pattern, it'll feel like it's too small, but just trust it, and I was like, yeah, girl, you haven't seen my hips, trust me, um, but I did need to just listen to her, basically, you were right, Louise, and um, my thoughts on it are, and I want another one, I'm going to give this one to my mum, my mum isn't is is about the same size as me but she's um she doesn't like tight things so i think she'll like this because it, it she doesn't wear it tight and all buttoned up anyway um, and she had her eye on it since i started knitting it to be honest and i can either get i've still got three balls left over so i can either get some more of the swan or i can save that and i can get something with a little bit of more structure something with some nylon in perhaps uh, West Yorkshire spinners, something like that, um, or a slightly more robust fibre in the yarn, just so it holds up the the structure of the garment a little bit better once it kind of relaxes and you get into wearing it. Um, but I really enjoyed the pattern so much so that I'm, I would be quite happy to just cast another one on now. Um, it is quite addictive. I didn't really understand how why people would want to do that, but I do know. So yeah, that's really good. I would recommend that and that is the pattern is the Lush cardigan and that is by Tin Can Knits which is, I think is available as a single pattern or as part of the handmade in the UK pattern collection. The other thing that I cast on, I wasn't supposed to be casting anything on because I'm meant to be whip cracking away and getting rid of any whips with the Knit British and Yarns on the Plane. And I took a couple of those with me to work on. Sammy's Funk Busting Tank Top and the um, Guardian Angel Shawl 
that is never going to be finished, particularly now that I know that there's a poster strike on in South Africa. And um, just didn't get done. I started picking up more stitches for the um, Guardian Angel and I just got bored. Um, I was really tired because I had to go home quite early on the Sunday unexpectedly. And um, Sammy's funk busting tank top, again I started picking up the stitches for around the neck and there was just no way you could get in the number of stitches that the, that I was meant to be able to pick up. So I need to kind of look at that when I'm not trying to do other things as well. And I just thought, I'm too tired, it's taken me nearly two hours to pick up the stitches around this neck. It's just been it, to get rid. So... I decided to cast on instead the Quadratic Shawl, which is a design by David O'Kelly for Eden Cottage Yarns that was released probably about four weeks ago, I guess. And um, I, I liked it as soon as I saw it, which is a bit funny for me because it is garter stitch and it's a little known secret that I hate garter stitch. I don't like the way it looks. It just looks tidy. I don't get garter stitch. I would rather have stocking it any day because it just looks nice. But I had also seen a couple of projects that have been done in TGS yarns, particularly one that Kate, um, Kate Swell did, and she did Endless Rainbow by Martina Bay, which is the, um, the one with the little triangles on the end, you'll have seen it, because it's, it's all over, it's in the kind of top 20 all the time. And she'd done that in her Tornado Over London die for yarn. Skein, um, which was 55% merino, 45% baby camel from memory. That is massively from memory. And she'd done the, the rainbow bits in the um, Desert Vista Dye Works self-striping Viso base from the Summer Club. And I really liked it, so I thought, I've done my socks, my Tutti Frutti socks, and I had some of this left over, and I thought that would go quite nicely because the dye for yarn had a kind of reddy, purpley tinge tone over the top. So I thought all the reds and purples in the self strap would look quite cool and be quite interesting because um, it'll change colour through the stripes as well. And it's a dead simple kind of triangular shawl. It's You cast on the long part so it gets smaller as you knit it. Um, and it's kind of like boomerang shaped, I guess-ish, that sort of thing. Kind of like a kind of right angle triangle but with the kind of bendy bit um, for, on the longest part, the hypotenuse. And um, <laughs> get a grip, Joe. And I've cast that on and it's done all in garter stitch apart from every so often there is a coloured stripe and um, that is two, it's two little rows of stockinette. So I've cast this on and I'm loving the garter stitch. I don't, I'm going to say I was wrong. I'll put it out there. The garter stitch in the dye for yarn yarn is amazing. It is so squishy and lovely. And because it's got like this little halo, it's a kind of single ply yarn. It's got this lovely kind of slightly fluffy halo as well. It just takes away my annoyance at the untidiness of it. And it's just, I just want to squish it all the time. It's just so nice. So I'm really enjoying that. I think it has been quite a popular pattern for them because it is so simple. And you can use up little scraps for the coloured stripes of a sock yarn you've got lying around. You could just pick something plain like a grey yarn or something else that tones in and, and just use up your little scraps and jobs are good. And I think um, they had little um, boxes with a little kind of, you know, like you get a little gradient sort of 
mini skein kits like that but they weren't little mini skeins they were little tiny balls like little walnuts ready to kind of put in with which, whichever one you, you chose so that was quite cool um, so yeah that's what I'm working on mostly at the moment and um, I'm sure there'll be other things cast on in the meantime and not whip cracked away but there you go so that was the quadratic shawl by um, David or Kelly for Eden Cottage so on to the announcements and the interview So I'm quite excited, quite excited about the next bit. Sorry, I keep leaning on this table and it's so old and knackered. It just creaks whenever I land on it, lean on it. And um, yeah, I've got a giveaway for you. And before I'd get, I announced the giveaway and, and how that's all going to work, I wanted to tell you some news. I'm going to have a new segment on the show. It's something I've been thinking about for a little while. And... I would quite like to be able to provide some kind of proper technical knitting instruction learning content as part of the podcast, along with all the comedy stuff. I would quite like to have that in there. And my friend Kate, who I'm meant to be, my tight northern friend from Yorkshire, who isn't tight or, well, she is northern, I'm from Yorkshire, but she's not that tight, um, who I'm going to make the matchy-matchy socks for, but they're not getting made. I've ripped them out instead. Um, has decided, I think, in her frustration at waiting for me to knit her this pair of socks, to start knitting socks herself. And she's learning how to do it, but she's got loads of questions at the moment about the best way to do it. And she's kind of finding her groove and trying to learn how to pick the best yarns for it. Because she's very much that kind of about to make that leap into the very expensive and lovely world of of, of hand-dyed yarns. Um, I gave her a bit of coaching at Unwind Brighton. She was there um, with me. So if you were there, you will have seen her. And uh, we went along to Sparkle Duck and picked out a couple of really nice skeins to um, for her to make some socks for her boyfriend, who's decided he doesn't want any hand-knitted socks. At, at which point I said, just chop him. Get rid. Just not worth <laughs> Get rid of the pain now. Think about how much more money you'll have for yarn and how much more time you'll have to knit if he's not there. He won't wear your knitwear. Get rid of him. Um... <laughs> So she's now got extra yarn to knit socks for herself and um, she's she's done one pair and she's now kind of moving on to the kind of exploring all the other options that there are with, with socks. So what I've suggested to her and the fabulous Claire Divine, Sock Supremo and author of Sock Anatomy and General All Run Good Egg is that we do a sock surgery segment which is going to be on the podcast from now on and essentially this is going to chronicle Kate's somewhat haphazard foray into knitting socks and also basically a bit of an agony ant section from answered by Claire as to how to solve her sock knitting problems. That will be starting in the next podcast and if it isn't in the next one it will definitely be the one after we're just working our schedules to all get together and come up with all of the stuff for you i'm sure it will turn into a bit of a giggle fest at, at several points um but hopefully you'll be able to learn something new from that it's something i'm quite excited about and uh, hopefully i'm going to learn some stuff about socks as well maybe she'll knit me some socks instead that'd be awesome so as part of that and everything else, it's all kind of blaring into one after my little holiday to Dr. Gray's in Elgin. Um, we've got a giveaway. And 
This has very kindly been sponsored by both Jess of Ginger Twist Studios and by Claire. Um, and it's a bit of a palooza, it's a bit of a sock palooza to get you in the mood for a bit of sock knitting and a year of socks next year. I want to be like all those people on Socks with Sarah this year who've got loads of hand-dyed yarn socks. I'm talking to you, Sparkly Shoe Chloe. I want to be like that next year as well. And my friend Kate does as well. So we're going to have this giveaway. The giveaway will comprise of a set of handmade sock blockers that have been hand carved in Cumbria from oak. These are available to buy at Ginger Twist Studios in Edinburgh and Fluff, yay, in Dundee. And they're basically hand carved sock blockers so that when you've done your beautiful lace socks you can put them on these beautiful sock blockers make them all nice take pictures of it put them on instagram and everyone can even art at your awesome socks i am definitely in the market for a set of these they come in two sizes and um i will put more details about that in the show notes and from memory, the, the main size that you get is women's size five to seven and a half. And I think they retail at £26. And then the slightly larger size for men's socks is £28. But you could win one set of these for your very own self. Along with a skein of humming iron yarn hand dyed by Jess of Ginger Twist Studios in Edinburgh. At her work, well, her workshop, a studio uh, that I went to to interview her. You'll hear about that later. You'll hear all the, the yarn bubbling in the background. And also a copy of um, Head to Toe, which is a collection of four pieces of knitwear. It's a collaboration between Jess of Ginger Twist Studio and Claire of uh, Yarn and Pointy Sticks. And it's basically four designs, four kind of pieces like a kind of capsule accessory wardrobe uh, to take you through kind of the autumn into winter and beyond and it's all done in Jess's hand-dyed yarn and uh, Ginger's hand-dyed and it is partly to celebrate the release of Elgin yes that's right they've got a pattern named the same thing, thing as the place that I live at and this is a pair of little ankle socks that are knitted in the humming iron and it's called humming iron because that's the noise that um alpaca make when when they're communicating apparently jess talks about it in the interview and um it uses one skin for a woman's normal size foot and it's getting quite cold around here and i have to wear my kind of bridgedale socks that i got when i joined the raf <laughs> And what I really want is some nice thick iron socks, hand dyed, you know, it won't take me that long to knit them and they'll look beautiful and they'll be called Elgin and I can walk around Elgin with my Elgin socks on. And the thing that I quite like about it is it only uses one skein of the humming iron and I quite like the idea of having an iron project in hand dyed without the need to make the additional outlay for yardage and basically have a pair of socks that will cost twice as much because uh, you need more yards it doesn't this only uses one skin so in order to be entered for that you need to tell me which colorway from ginger's hand dyed you will use 
of the Humming Aaron. So I will put a link in the show notes and I'll put a link on Ravelry and you need to go over to Ginger Twist Studios and go and have a look in our little web shop and we can have a fight over the Gorblimey colourway and then you can say which one you would rather have and not the one that I want. Um, and you need to pick basically which is your favourite colourway that you've met the Elgin socks in and you can post that in Ravelry or you can post it on any other of my social media to to enter if you want extra entries if you post on facebook and twitter and instagram as well as ravelry then you'll get extra entries and there's entries on the blog as well so there's a potential for five entries there and this is a big prize so i would go for it if i were you so as i said i'll put all of the info for that in the show notes so get yourselves over there and have a look and see which one you would choose so the closing date for that will be Sunday the 9th of November and the lucky winner will be notified um, thereafter but I think that's quite a good prize so I would definitely put the effort into uh, to enter that bad boy so without further ado I am thrilled to introduce um, Jess of Ginger Twist Studio and me, my other self, when I was in Edinburgh a couple of months ago and chatting to her about all things hand-eyed and business really. So I hope you'll enjoy the interview with Jess and um, let me know what you think and if you have any questions for her afterwards just ping them over because she's dead friendly and really really kind of nice. Just be warned there are a couple of areas where the giggling gets a little bit loud um, so you may want to kind of moderate your volume sets accordingly. Right, so today I've had the very large honour of being allowed into the super secret dye studio of Ginger Twist Studio. And I'm joined by the ever-lovely, and everybody knows I love her already, Jess, (laughs) who's been hard at work whilst I've been drinking fizzy Highland water, Mm -hmm. and watching her basically (laughs) back-breakingly prepare lots of yarn, Uh, mostly for the Knitmore girls, I think. Ah, yes, yes, indeed. Some Outlander-themed yarn. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's all of her Outlander at the moment, (laughs) it would seem. Um, So thank you very much for allowing me to come and hijack your studio uh, this afternoon and talk to you about all things Ginger Twist. Yes. And some exciting news. We're in urban Edinburgh. Some <laughs> exciting news that you've got coming up. You'll probably hear also in the background the faint kind of clicking of metal and a kind of bubbling noise, and that is six pots of yarn on the hook. <laughs> so it is not unlike a metal lab in here either. To be honest with you, exactly. but it's all it's all yarn. A so. bit schwitzy. Mm-hmm. It is. It's very. It smells a bit like a chippy. I was sort of blown away when the door opened and I got hit with a face full of vinegar. <laughs> Yeah, I really should have warned you. Actually, yeah, kind of. after uh, running down London Road and it's quite warm. <laughs> it was quite hot <laughs> by the time I got here. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about you, Jess, as a person and mm-hmm. how you came to be interested in yarny pursuits? Yeah, well, I guess I've always kind of knit and been crafty for a good portion of my life. And then I had, once I moved here to Edinburgh, um, I started working in another yarn shop. And then just really, I mean, 
actually it's funny I look back I looked back at um, kind of some papers and such I wrote when I was at uni mm -hmm. and you know just coming out of high school and the first paper I wrote in my like beginner writing class was about how to open a yarn shop <laughs> and it was just like kind of just to practice you know punctuation correct writing and everything but I was like oh that's funny I didn't I didn't remember that I had wanted to open a yarn shop at that point, but I did. And um, is it on Amazon? If not, why not? Find copy. So then, you know, after kind of seeing how it works, I kind of got the confidence to strike out on my own and yeah, set up Ginger Twist Studio, which is very exciting. It is mm -hmm. the most small and perfectly formed yarn shop <laughs> in Edinburgh. As they say. Lovely. And it's been over a year now, which is amazing. So. I know, it's mm -hmm. really exciting. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, um, what was the tipping point though? Because obviously you said you, you were working in a yarn shop, yeah. you were working for someone else. What was uh -huh. that tipping point that made you think, you know what, I'm done working for you, I'm yeah. going to have my own shop? Well, I just thought there's so many lovely yarns out there and there's so many that you know I was interested in that I wanted to have my own space that I could curate like a yeah. you know a yarny museum and just decide what or a yarny art gallery I should say and decide what goes in there and be my own boss and you know all that that madness entails but you know I love it st still which is a good sign yeah because I mean it's not like a museum because you have a very specific vintage aesthetic but yes. the yarn itself is actually modern it's not been there yes. since the 1950s exactly yeah yeah <laughs> we wouldn't want that no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely so um what's your favorite quote then that you turn to for inspiration mm, well one of my favorite songs um I, I'm going to say more a lyric um, or lyrics is just in the song. It's called "You'll Never Know," and I believe it was in the nineteen early nineteen fifties that this was kind of popular. It was one of the kind of standards, um, and it's just all about you know you'll never really know what's what's round the corner. So you kind of basically life's not a dress rehearsal. So you need to tell people what they need to hear. You know whether it be I love you or whatever. Just don't wait. You know, just do it. That's a really so, good one. I'm, I'm kind of incorporated a few different quotes in there, you know, Nike. And <laughs> <laughs> anyone else you sponsored by? That you think yes. you're get at the end of the podcast? <laughs> I could just not see if, if, if one person that would not be sponsored by Nike is probably you. Yeah, probably not. You haven't got the whole vintage aesthetic. Yeah, going on. no, I'm actually wearing Converse now as well. So well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, lovely. So, um. Obviously, we've talked a bit about how you got into the business, and you've already kind oh. of alluded a little bit to the amount of work involved. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but no journey is ever a smooth one when you're running a business, yep. and sometimes things don't go completely according to plan. Mm -hmm. Can you think of a time that happened for you, and what you learn out of it, basically? Yeah, I would say um, I was lucky enough for my yarn to be featured in an issue of Pom Pom, which was so exciting, it was so amazing, and I was really focusing on that aspect of it and you know wasn't as much focused on the amount of prep work that I needed to do when the issue came out so I didn't actually have you know a whole lot of the colors available that were used in pom-pom and part of that as well was to do with cash flow I was still a very new business so it was kind of difficult to be 
you know, getting those bases in and making that commitment of those colorways, yeah. you know, when I wasn't sure. And, and I was still, I was quite a new dyer as well. So, you know, I think one of the colorways I had a little bit of trouble kind of recreating because I was like, oh, wait, you know, I didn't write down that rest. That's another thing mm. to do with dyeing. <laughs> to get, you know, be consistent and write down your recipes and, you know, just kind of get similar dye lots and whatnot. But anyways, I would say if I could go back, I would have, you know, done more prep work for this exciting thing and then done kits as mm -hmm. well for the, for all the colorways, but it is a risk, but you know, it still brought me lots of business from, from pom-pom readers. So that was quite good, but definitely have learned a lesson from that. Yeah. Preparation. Preparation, mm -hmm. preparation, preparation. <laughs> it is it, it is very easy to be caught up in the moment of what you're doing. You're like, I'm in pom-pom. I'm yes. like famous. Uh -huh. I'm in pom-pom. This is brilliant. And not think... It's not obvious to think, okay, what is the knock-on effect of this? What yes, do I need to yes. do? Can I afford to take mm -hmm, this risk as a mm -hmm. business, a new business person? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. scary because then... Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was very exciting. But I think I didn't realize how many people would want those colorways. Yeah what business that would generate. I just thought it was cool that I was in the magazine. Yeah. And it's surprising how many people choose the exact same colours as well. Yes, absolutely. It's so true. I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't think I all the online orders I got were for those exact colorways and I was mm. getting emails saying, Oh, when are you gonna have this in? And I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, mm. like and at that point I was still dying in my kitchen as well. Yeah. So it was just I, I couldn't produce the quantity that was needed but now you know with having like access to a proper dye studio it makes it a whole lot easier so yeah, yeah. definitely and obviously the, the processes in here keep seem very streamlined and organized yes yes obviously the people listening can't see that but it's yeah. definitely yeah it's, it's really good um so that's a good one um what would you say this has been the high point of your journey so far as a business lady uh definitely the Indieborough yarn crawl yeah, yeah, the first very year. Successful. Mm -hmm. So that was very exciting. I just didn't realize how many people would come out. So it was really amazing. And I think, you know, it was, I kind of, you know, I'm, well, it was intentional, you know, my marketing kind of strategy, but I didn't realize that it would actually work. So yeah. it was nice to see all the people come out on the day and also go to the pub for the after party so yeah. definitely going to be bigger and better next summer so confirming it will definitely be taking place next definitely summer. absolutely mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i take it we can find out all of the details on your website yes i actually missed it i wanted to come and um and my husband was at work and maybe yeah. no one's mind the children so i couldn't come but well, the, i would make sure you leave this year yes <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go look for my train tickets when i get home <laughs> So, um, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Relationships, relationships, relationships. Uh, That's a good one. Yeah, a friend of mine, or kind of associate friend sort of person. Anyway, she always tells me this, and it's absolutely right. I mean, you can have, it's great to have, you know, customers that come in for the one-off, you know, tourists or whatnot, but, you know, I'm all about building a community so it's all about relationships and that's why I run the knit club as well just to kind of foster that community and yeah continue to build and develop these relationships so I think it's really important because 
especially I think for your shop and the aesthetic that you've got mm-hmm. and you, you, you do have a really strong brand and you fit in perfectly to your brand because yeah. it's all it is very much you and your personality mm-hmm. um, and you can only really get that and get that relationship and get to know someone in in person yeah, really, not yeah. on the internet because you can Absolutely. order stuff from Derrimo's or whoever yep. o- other big box yarn stores are available uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't take any, any just in case you think about your Derrimo's no you can't sponsor my podcast <laughs> <laughs> darling licks the hair oh my um, I'm all about the Indies um, <sighs> but you can't you can't get that relationship with yeah. someone it, it, just in an internet shop that way Absolutely. In, in and at the end of the day shop. people are going to buy from people they like Yes. You know, it's like, why would you buy from somebody that you don't like? There's no point. I know. And actually, you want your customers to be happy and you want to know they're happy. Exactly. And I like to see everything they do with the yarn they buy from the shop, and it's great. Yes. And the Bagantia. Bagantia. Yes. Yes. Bagantia can sponsor me if they like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my shop just finished. (laughs) But not you, Darren (laughs) Moss. Sorry. I'm definitely not nailing any colours to any masks there, are we? <laughs> Moving swiftly on, um, well, uh, which one thing that you know now did you wish you had known when you picked up that first ball of yarn? Mm, I would say, okay, well, there's two things. I mean, you really should take a attention swatch or a gauge swatch. <laughs> I remember the first jumper I did, it was out of Stitch and Bitch, or was it Stitch and Bitch? Yeah, I think it was the first Stitch and Bitch book. Debbie Sola. Yes. 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 And I I was using acrylic as well. So another recommendation, use nice quality products. They don't have to be super expensive. Like, you know, like the West Yorkshire Spinners that I stock. It's really budget-friendly and it's really good quality. Or, you know, you can go for the high-class hand-dyed, you know, Mm. whatever your budget suits. But um, I would say use good yarn or good wool and take a swatch because that jumper I was just swimming in it and I remember <laughs> I tried to like did you float on it if it was acrylic I, exactly it was awful it was so bad and then you know not knowing I tried shrinking it but of course acrylic acrylic is plastic and it's not going to do kind of flimsy exactly mm. and I think it actually got bigger actually probably actually, yeah yeah, yeah. And it was just bad. I never actually wore it. And that was a, a sad day. I just gave it away to the charity shop because I was like, nobody's going to want this either. So that someone I know. probably has got that on now. Probably, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, acrylic lasts years and years. It's well, plastic. Forever. It's yeah. plastic yeah. <laughs> it will be here long the after we depart. The death of the universe. Yes. And there's a big pile of acrylic. <laughs> um, not, not that um, I'm massively anti-acrylic. I'm not anti-acrylic at yeah, all. I think yeah. it does have its place. But there's it acrylic does. and there's acrylic. Yes, this was like a huge ball of just this awful red as well. It just looks so cheap. I'm like, why did I ever, why did I ever even buy that? I don't know. I don't know. I think I got it at like the 99 cent store. But I mean, acrylic is the vehicle into, along with Funky Fair, and I'm a big fan of Funky Fair and Eyelash Yarn. Um, just for its comedy value yes. I appreciate every yes. bit of Jan's contribution mm-hmm, but that mm-hmm. was the kind of vehicle into knitting for a lot of people yeah this is true and then it's like I've knit for acrylic for you know X amount of years however long that was and then I think yeah it was when I moved to New York that I got introduced to some other really nice yarns so then became you know a bit of a yarn snob after that so I certainly have had it developed with 
you know, being here and having a mm. yarn shop, it's like, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> and it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's like your yeah. entertainment budget, so if you're going to spend that long knitting something, exactly. it's actually entertainment, so it comes yep, across yep. two budgets, really, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's how I justify it. Do yes. you mind, husband? Oh, very good, very good. <laughs> so if anyone wants to chalk that one out, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, it's... It is. It's a good one. I think definitely the the slippery slope to hand dyed. I think everyone's been on that at one yep. point or another and just mm-hmm. gone. So nice. Yes, exactly. It's like you can't go back. No, mm. no, you can't. Um, so this one is time for the random question. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that knitters love cake. If you were a cake, which would you be? Salted why? salted caramel cake all the way, <laughs> and the one from Love Crumbs. Oh, what's Love Crumbs? Oh, oh, it's this its this amazing cafe or like cake, mm. cakery mm. Um, over in the grass market. Oh. It's on Westport. How did I not know about this place? Oh my gosh, if I'm, I'm not over on that, in that area of town very often, but if I am, it's like, I have to go to Love Crumbs. And I, small. yes, and I've only had this salted caramel cake once because they have different cakes like all the time. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of what they bake on the day or whatnot. So... Um, but this cake is amazing, and I would say, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just salty and and sweet. Maybe more sweet than salty. But. <laughs> we were discussing this question earlier, and, and at the time, I just quit like a little sweaty piece of chocolate, <laughs> which is actually suitable for right now because it, we're in the sweaty dye studio with that kind of salt and vinegar. Yeah, chocolate, yeah, <laughs> condensation everywhere. I know. I kept, I kept thinking I, my hair keeps getting stuck to these bottles of dye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can be dragged through a hedge backwards by the time I get out later. Oh, oh dear. Funny. But yeah, that's in the grass market. So it's quite yes. a touristy area. So that's somewhere that would yeah. be quite easy for people to go visit. It's not Absolutely. Crumbs. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think there'd be any crumbs left if I went in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. And it's, they have the cakes displayed so amazingly. It's oh. in like this big kind of uh, armoire, like oh. a wardrobe, and the doors are just open. It's just all cakes on the shelves. It's great. Amazing. Mm-hmm. It sounds really good. Um, what is your favourite go-to resource uh, for um, yarn craft or business that you couldn't do without? Definitely Ravelry. I know. I feel like that's mm. a uh, kind of standard answer, but it's true. Like, it is pretty good, it's isn't it? when I'm in the shop. You know, if somebody comes in is wanting to use this yarn for, and if I can't think of anything right away, that's you know a pattern that I maybe stock. Mm. You know, it's just like, oh, just pop on Ravelry and we'll look at what what options are available. It's just it makes it so much easier, and just even to like look at, you know, if people are wanting to substitute a wool, yeah, yeah. you know, if I'm not familiar with that brand, I just pop on Ravelry, look at it, be like, oh, you know, it looks like that would be equivalent to this, so you could knit it out of Brigantia or Brigantia, <laughs> exactly. So it's very handy. Yeah. Oh, funny. Do you think they knew like Casey and? <gasps> how big it would get oh my god when they started it do you think it was part of the evil master plan or do you think I it's don't just I think it probably surprised evolved. them I yeah. think it's just evolved but man I don't know I don't know what I did before Ravelry mm. I'll tell you what I did I I knit huge acrylic jumpers <laughs> so okay. Ravelry really helps you to see you know it's great to be able to look at other people's projects yeah if you're thinking of doing a pattern then you can look at other people that have done it and like be like okay that really worked for them and you know if maybe they have a similar body type to you or something so it's definitely my go-to yeah and then there's those people you just like 
I need to go see what they've made. Exactly, now. exactly. This one, um, this one lady, I think she's called Jet Shin on Ravelry. I'll oh. have to check. Mm. And she does a lot of test knitting. But like she like adjusts things and she's got like this perfect figure as well and she like has this beautiful knitwear that she's kind of like tweaked from the original pattern. Yes. That is proper serious mm-hmm. like aspirational knitting stuff. Yes. So if anyone else has any like, people we need to be looking at, then <laughs> yep. definitely let us know. Shout away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I think we'll just wrap up the interviewing part of the question because we've got some other exciting things to talk about just after we've done like the kind of formatted part of the interview. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to sum up then, do you have any parting words of advice for people looking to get into the industry? Mm-hmm. And then after that, can you tell us where we can find you? Okay, well... And then we'll, we'll go on to... Exciting! <laughs> contain your excitement um i would just say you know i really enjoy i really thoroughly enjoy having a yarn business um but it is a lot of work and a lot of it is not to do with yarn you know it's more just the businessy side you know doing your taxes and i don't know paying the rent and you know it's just that's a part of it but I still love it so Mm. just know that you know you're not going to just be able to sit there and knit all the time you know I do a lot of the time but (laughs) you have quite a considering you don't spend all your time knitting (laughs) so but just be wary of that and you know then you can really you know you can get your kind of homework or the more businessy businessy side of things done and then you can have fun knitting and deciding what other samples to make for you know whatever like I'm always concerned about making samples for the shop well you should be because Joan Mm -hmm. who is if you don't know Joan if you're not familiar with Joan she's the headless model that lives in Ginger Twist Studios fabulous she is utterly fabulous she's (laughs) terribly hot right now she's She's very chic she's utterly chic Mm -hmm. she's the it girl of Edinburgh she is yeah people I know they come past your shop just to see what Joan's wearing so they can you know Oh, she's due for an outfit change maybe on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, because mm-hmm. now it's that. you know as old as designer of the month, so I have mm. all her samples right now. So I've just been rotating them on Joan. So I mm. think she needs one more new outfit before the end of the month. Mm-hmm. I have to decide what that is. Dressing a supermodel yes. and running a yarn store. How <laughs> you manage it? So, as I mentioned, um, obviously we're going to do a little bit more chatter after the kind of the kind of set kind of questions that I would quite like to ask the people, the guests that are on here. But as you will all know, don't be aware, Claire Divine and Ginger Twist Studios, known to those who are friends as Ginger Divine, which it is in like, no way a prostitute's name. It sounds like a porn star. It does. It does. But it's brilliant. I'm yes. like, yeah. Well, you know, if this isn't work, I quite like it. It's anyways. a lot of work there yeah. for you potentially. You know? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> girl, it girl, is yarn girl. porn. Yarn porn. It is yarn porn. Yeah. Is. And you guys have got together and you've created this collection um, of head to toe patterns mm-hmm. that have been that came out at the start of. August was it? Yes, yes. And um, each month another one is being mm-hmm. released. Um, obviously we like to hear all the stories behind it on mm-hmm. the podcast of our favourite people. So can you tell us a bit about why you decided to do a collection together and what the inspiration for it was? Yeah. And how you found the process of collaborating on such a kind of 
involved project. Yes. Okay. Okay. Let's make sure I cover everything. All right. Well, you know, it was really nice. Met Claire. She moved into town and then came into the shop and, you know, then we kind of got to be friends. And then she started teaching workshops at the shop and then we kind of, I don't know, I think it grew very organically. Like through the workshops that she would teach, we would kind of talk about what what we needed to cover, like what project it should be. And so then, you know, she would design something for the workshop for her teaching purposes. Um, and then I'm trying to remember how it even came up. I don't know. I've no doubt it was during one of her lengthy stops by Ginger Twist Studios to, to feel the Bagantia. Yes, <laughs> yes, probably um, came up. Rolled around <laughs> in it. Yeah, it somehow came up about us maybe kind of collaborating. Mm. And I think initially we had said, okay, it'd be great as a, you know, as a book. Yeah. And then we kind of went back and said, oh, maybe it'll just be like an e-book. And then mm. we went back to the imprint idea. And then, I don't know, it just kind of seemed quite natural or quite a nice idea to have this collection of patterns and release one each month and then we can kind of foster the knit along and yeah so it was really that yeah, was really interesting I'm really happy to be collaborating with her it's really exciting and we've got you know other plans in the future obviously that I cannot talk about <laughs> um <laughs> Um, you haven't even told me these plans yes. yet, so yeah, don't, you're not the only ones being left there. You're Super not a secret. secret. No, yeah. <laughs> um, and let's see, yeah, it's been really interesting because, you know, we kind of had, an, well, okay, so Claire was wanting to design stuff that was basically like for the shop, like for mm. me, I was the inspiration. So, you know, we kind of worked together with what those items would be and we decided the collection... I think we came up with the name before we decided on any patterns, like just the head to toe is quite nice. Um, and then she kind of, oh, we, we both kind of had the idea at the same time that mm. maybe the patterns should be named after the street names, like around the shop. Yeah. Because it's very much all to do with like Claire coming into the shop, my hand dyed, ginger twist, like it's all based around that. Um, and let's see. Yeah, it was really interesting kind of coming up with exactly what items these would be, kind of testing out um, what they were like in the different bases and what colors we thought people would like to see. So, yeah, it was a really interesting process. I think, I think all the samples that we did of these were colors I, yeah, that I had already done up. Mm. But I think one of them... Maybe it was, oh, it was the um, the change in the brief, the, which is the Brunswick shawl. Mm. Um, I think I hadn't written down that recipe right or something, or something was wrong with my dye mixture before, and I just kind of faffed about. So that was a little bit of a challenge to try and recreate that, which mm. I feel like I did sufficiently. Um, but yeah, what am I missing? I must say the Brunswick pattern is very much your aesthetic. It is. It is like a Absolutely. little capelet with a little mm. teeny tiny button, so yes. you could just be like effortlessly glamorous. Yes, it's very ladylike. Mm -hmm. See, I mean, you tell me it's about you, but I think it's really about Joan. <gasps> yes. Joan needs to okay. be Okay, Joan. Well, she is oh. the one wearing all the samples, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, I we kind of share a little bit, so I wear one, maybe she wears one. So, yeah. I was so lucky yeah. to have like, my own knitwear mannequin that I yes. can share clothes with. <laughs> <laughs> you like having a sister? Yes. 
it is. But she's very quiet. She doesn't ask anything of me. It's great. So there you go. So it's perfect. <laughs> um, so as you were saying, it's about, you know, the collection is about you guys, how you came yeah. to meet, mm-hmm. and then kind of like how your kind of relationship has grown. I yeah, guess. yeah. It's all very organic. Mm. And it's just, yeah, it's wonderful. I feel very fortunate to have met the, you know, have created this or been being a part of this Ginger Divine collaboration. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's Because really I never realised, obviously I knew the, the, the names were Scottish names. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I didn't realise the reason why they've been called that is because those are the streets that she goes through yep. to get to your shop. Yep. That's Absolutely. really cool. It's great. It's really cool. So there are some exciting evil plans to do with Elgin. Because Elgin yes. um, is the that is the last pattern to yep, be released. Yep, the very last one. That mm-hmm. is the last pattern to be released. And clearly, as soon as I know live in Elgin, mm-hmm. I jumped straight on that bandwagon and said, please, you must let me give away a copy of this on my new podcast <laughs> from my new location. Um, and that's what um, Claire and Jess have done. So there will be some copies of Elgin pattern mm-hmm. to be given away as a giveaway. Mm-hmm. And Jess has very, very kindly offered to give away a skein of yarn to mm-hmm. one lucky winner to go with the pattern to make yep. the elegant I'll have to pick a colour so mm-hmm. what you will need to do to enter is to go to Jessie's fabulous website www.gingertwiststudio.com oh, yeah. uh, or um, .co.uk that works too yeah because you didn't mm-hmm. tell us what we could find yeah you. that's what I never got yeah. <laughs> yeah I needed something but it's so hot in here and, and vinegary yes. I'm We're delirious. Bit, yeah pretty much um and uh, you need to go to her. In fact, she just run off to turn off all the dye stuff. I really <laughs> hope I haven't ruined six buckets of yarn. Um, you need to go to uh, com. I will link to it in the show notes just in case you don't get lost. And you need to go to the Humming Aaron mm-hmm. section, which is the recommended yarn for the Elgin pattern, and tell us what colour you would knit your Elgin socks in. Mm. No, why is it called Humming Aaron? I was going to bring this up. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, well, the base is alpaca merino nylon and um, the Aaron weight. And I do a DK weight as well mm. in it. But um, it is called humming because that's the way, one of the ways alpacas communicate to each other. They hum. Oh, so one of their noises. Really cool. See, I think I'm going to have to get some and make some new socks for my mum. Because oh. um, I bought my I bought my mom some socks. I don't have to, I'm to knit her any um, for looking after the children from right. John Arbor, and they were alpaca bed socks, and mm-hmm. they were beautiful. And she's only got little feet, so okay. and someone put them in the washer. Not her. Oh. She knows. She knows about soaks. She's been educated. Okay, all right. Some helpful person has washed them, so now they fit, now they fit the beast. They don't oh. even fit her. She's a size. My mum's size three. The beast oh, is like a geez. size eight and a half. Already, Gosh. but these socks now fit the beast instead. Okay, so. well at least they can go to somebody, I suppose. Exactly, yeah. but now I have to replace them with some Elgin socks. Oh yeah, maybe for Christmas. Yes, yes, you should do. They're very cozy, as I've had to wear them, you know, for the photo shoots and whatnot. But oh, absolutely, it's a tough life, but someone's got to do. It. I know exactly, mm. exactly. So, um, I think all that remains now is to say thank you very much for your time, Jess. Oh. You've been so generous with your. Uh, your story and letting us know all about it. It's always a delight to see you. Oh, <laughs> you. Now, if we wanted to chat to you, in, if someone wanted to get in touch with you on the internet, perhaps, yes, or come visit you in Edinburgh, mm-hmm. where does they go? Well, you can email me at gingertwiststudio at gmail.com or just pop into the shop. Um, it's at 11 London Road in Edinburgh. 
EH75AP. Alpha mm. Papa. And that is that is is walking distance for most people from um, from the middle of town. Really. Yeah, it's about yeah. Ten minutes maximum. Absolutely. So. Yeah, not too far. For, well, about ten minute walk from uh, Holyrood and Parliament kind of area. So definitely within the sphere of influence. Yep. Yep. Put that on your itinerary. <laughs> that's all we've got time for a huge thank you to Jess for giving me uh, some of her time to chat about all things ginger twist and all that remains for me now is to say happy crafting have a great week and speak to you all again soon bye thank you for listening to the shiny bees podcast Show notes for this episode can be found on the blog at www.shinybees.com. Music used in this episode is by Adam and the Walls Boys, and it's I Need a Drink, available by Music Alley. It's alright. I feel a need to laugh again with you, if that's alright.